0: Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean vegan skin and body care at Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code YOGA at OseaMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OseaMalibu.com and use the code YOGA for 10% off. Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart. I am sitting in my little office slash tea room. I I haven't done a tour of this house yet. And the reason I haven't done that is because it's not finished. And I really want to, I want to show the world what it looks like from the outside and from the inside, just because it's so cute and perfect. But there's a lot that I'm still like waiting on. We just got a sink put in a couple days ago. We didn't have a sink. We've been like brushing our teeth all over the place. And uh, we're still waiting for, for a couple of things to really feel nested. And I am a super Libra. I'm all about ambiance and atmosphere and um, not so much, you know, decoration and interior design, but coziness and having spaces ready. So as soon as the house feels ready-ish, I'm gonna, I'm gonna show you guys on social media what this little house looks like. But I am sitting right now in what is my tea room slash office, which is (laughs) the same kind of same kind of energetic space that I build and create everywhere I go. I realized that I'm kind of in shock actually how long it took me to realize that for me to function at my highest level for me to really feel connected to myself, I need my own space. And for so many years, I didn't have that. I didn't have any dedicated space that was just for me. I would record the podcast anywhere. I would work anywhere. I would work sitting on the at the kitchen counter or on the couch or go figure it out, you know. And same with my yoga practice. I would roll out my yoga mat anywhere. You know, I, just, I would just kind of figure it out. And once I realized that when I have a private, dedicated space, and it doesn't really matter how big it is, doesn't matter what it like looks like, it's just I need to be able to close a door behind me, then I can anchor into true, real self-care. And it really changed my life, having that having that space or dedicating that space to myself, which meant, of course, to make some sacrifices you know when I did that in our home in Aruba I meant we no longer had a dedicated guest room and uh, it was always important for me to be a, a really good hostess and I really wanted I always wanted people to come stay with us and for them to have this beautiful king-sized bed to sleep in and um, I just decided one day that actually my day-to-day level of well-being is more important than other people coming to stay at our house it required a bit of that that kind of shift in a sense. But once I realized that, I started creating those spaces everywhere. So every Airbnb we've been in over this year, being in between homes, I have created a little nook, a little corner, or a little room if if it's if we've had that kind of space for an office slash yoga space slash tea room slash Rachel's private corner of the house where she can come and do whatever the hell she needs. And I'm sitting there right now. I find myself, I'm sitting at a desk and it's a really small room. Like overall, this house is very, very small. It's smaller than anything we've ever had before And the only option really for this room was to put the desk up against one of the walls. But as I'm recording this podcast, I find myself wanting to turn to the windows. I'm like recording from the side. Let me see if I can turn the microphone a little bit. Yeah, (laughs) because I want to look out at this unbelievable view. I mean, okay, so this space... It's a tiny little room, and um, if I'm sitting at my desk, I have my computer there. I have these really beautiful shelves put up on the wall, and to the left of me is a floor-to-ceiling glass door. It's like a big, big window, and through this window, I see the frozen over lake. (laughs) I see snow on our outside deck. I see my favorite tree. We have this little tree line in front of us, just a couple of trees right down by the lake and there's this one tree, this one spruce that is, if I'm sitting at my tea table looking out, it is dead center. It's just it's just perfectly centered and aligned from this little spot where I'm sitting. And it's so beautiful. <laughs> I don't know what it is about this tree, but she's just my, my favorite tree. And I sit here and I look at her every day. And because this space isn't properly ready yet. I'm supposed to have in here, I really want to have an armchair so I can sit in a corner of this room, record this show, just leaning back with a cup of tea, looking out through the window, but I don't have that armchair ready yet. And also I don't have my, (laughs) I don't have my proper tea space set up yet. I just have this huge wooden plank that takes up almost the entire room it's way too big for the space and i sit up against the wall and i and i look up look out at my favorite tree while drinking my tea so basically this room there's just a lot going on <laughs> in here it is the way it is now i i cannot really roll out a yoga mat it's not big enough for a yoga mat if i curl the yoga mat up against the walls a little bit then i can kind of make it but it just, it feels so special that even in this little house for this new life that we have, I still have a nook. I still have a little nook right here. So um, that's where I am looking out at this lake. I am wearing, I'm wearing head to toe ski gear. Gear. <laughs> I was telling that the other day, like it really feels like we are on some sort of mountain vacation because we are wearing these in Swedish we call them underställ which is like the underclothing, I guess the thermal thermal wear. It's like the thing thin long sleeve and the thin pants that are made to retain heat that you wear when you layer stuff when it's really cold outside. Like we're wearing that the three of us all day. <laughs> With like our scarves on and you know that feeling when you're at a cabin somewhere and you've been skiing for the weekend or for a week and you're kind of on this ski snow vacation and you end up wearing these, this, these like, <laughs> we also say long kalsunge in Swedish, which is the weirdest word. It kind of means long men's underwear. Like that's the direct Kalsonge is like men's underwear and long means long. That's the direct, that's a really weird word. But we're wearing them all day because we're always, we're always outside and we're always wanting to dress really well so we can spend all day outside and not get cold. And I'm wearing mine right now. And actually I'm kind of sweating because we spent the entire day, the whole day. And the whole day in Sweden is not that long because we don't have that much sunlight. But the whole day, <laughs> I don't know how many hours we spent out on the lake skating. And it's been, <laughs> it's been so. So, so much fun! Holy shit, it's been so much fun. It's Leia's like fourth or fifth time now on skates. She's had a couple of little moments here and there where she was able to go, and she's doing amazing. I mean, like she doesn't she doesn't need anybody. She just I mean she spent like four hours out on the ice now without without a single she, without crying. She's falling a bunch. She doesn't care. She just gets right back up going back and forth, round and round, playing ice hockey, like just having the best time ever. She's a natural on the ice. I'm really surprised. Actually, I was not, I was not expecting that. I am not a natural ice person. I lived in the city my whole life, um, living in Sweden. So it wasn't like I had my long distance skates waiting for me in the car and I would go every weekend. Like we didn't really, I didn't really grow up that way. You know, we would skate in school and do excursions and stuff with school and sometimes on the weekends. I mean, of course, like I've, I've skated in my in my life, but not to the level of feeling really confident on a pair of skates or feeling really like, I'm great at this, no, 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 no. And I got Dennis for, for Christmas, I got him a pair of long distance skates because I wanted him to have some sort of winter sport that he could get into to do um, because he can't bike when it's this much snow and ice, of course. And then he went out and got me a pair. So we all have these long distance skates. And the moment we got the skates and we started getting really into the ice conditions and how is the lake freezing? And apparently there's a whole, there's like a whole world of ice that I just, I have never been invested in before. But Dennis is, he's living and breathing ice basically right now and drilling the ice every day to check the thickness of the ice, and plowing the ice to make tracks. And then everything melted last week, it got really warm, all the snow left and went away. And it's just been this roller coaster of like, maybe next, you know, maybe two days we can go, maybe then we can go. And it just hasn't been great. And then today was the first day of just perfect conditions on the ice on the lake. Our friends Patrick and Olivia joined us from Stockholm, Dennis's dad and his wife is here, my dad and all his kids and his wife, it's just like a big group of us out on the ice and the sun has been shining all day, it's cold but not so cold that you can't stand it, it's like minus 10 or something like that, Celsius and um, we brought <laughs> we brought a bunch of sandwiches and hot chocolate and you know, some blankets and picnic and and coffee and we just got out there and I got to have my first day actually on long distance skates like a full day skating with long distance skates and I gotta say it was amazing (laughs) it was really amazing there was something about I don't know you guys know how how often I talk about running on this show I have this deep down (laughs) this deep-seated wish to one day become a runner I kind of feel like everyone listening to this show is like, yeah, yeah, we know you're never going to be that person because I keep dreaming of it and not becoming one. It's just this, this idea I have of wanting to be a runner. And um, the longest track that Dennis plowed. So this ice, um, this is the ice right outside my brother's house. And he's about 10 minutes away from us. The ice in front of our house hasn't been consistent enough which I guess just means it's not safe. Like if you can't put, if it's not thick and safe enough to put a plow on the ice, which is, you know, a big vehicle to plow the ice, then there are no tracks and then you can't skate. So there's also nobody out, which I feel, (laughs) I don't know if the whole neighborhood is like waiting for someone to go out. And once one person goes out, then everyone's going to come on the ice and we'll realize it's super safe. Actually, Or probably it's just not a really, yeah, there's been some currents and I don't know what's going on right in front of ours, but normally there's a lot of ice skating right in front of us. But anyway, the lake by my brother's house is smaller and freezes better. So Dennis is the one that's been plowing that ice. He's been out now, I don't know how many times he was out last night in the middle of the night, plowing the ice, preparing for today so that we could all wake up and have like this beautiful track to go ice skating. And uh, there's a short one where we go with the kids. It's like a big loop. It's not that short, it's like, it's big. And then there's a long distance one, which is you can go round and round really for exercise or yeah, which is a couple of kilometers long. And just going out there today, you know, first I I did my first loop alone, trying to get the feel of the skates. I don't really know, I don't really know what I'm doing. I'm just going forward. So I probably, I probably don't have any technique and there's probably stuff I'm not doing right. I'm probably going to have a lot of muscle aches tomorrow. Like I feel it in my ankles and in my butt, like crazy. But I had this feeling, you just get into the zone after a while of just being outside, breathing this amazing, fresh winter air. Sun is shining. It's so beautiful. Like we all, I had perfect clothing on. I wasn't hot. I wasn't cold. It was just really good. And just skating, just going, you know, it was really, I had this feeling of, oh, maybe this is the feeling that runners get when they run for a longer distance and you get into that zone of just running, right? Like I, I had a little glimpse of that today. And of course, <laughs> this is what I do. I get into something once and I'm like, oh my God, maybe, maybe this will be the thing that I do, right? Maybe I'm going to become a long distance ice skater. Does that sound... <laughs> that sound like something that (laughs) that I'm gonna be doing I I, I'm not quite sure but what I do know is that coming to Sweden which for which should feel like this kind of or could feel I guess like this kind of boring thing right because I'm from here I probably I mean I know everything about Sweden I've you know I lived here my (laughs) most of my life it could be this boring kind of return to something cold or whatever but it's actually feeling like this huge adventure for all of us and part of that is is living in the countryside right part of that is living out in nature which i've never done as an adult in sweden sometimes in life skepticism can serve you well If we lived in the city now, if we would have moved to Sweden and we were living in Stockholm, we wouldn't have days like this, right? It would be more going to cafes and going to restaurants or going shopping or maybe going to a museum or things like that, which of course is much more challenging now during the pandemic and everything. And instead, we, are, we, we get to have a very different experience of Sweden, one that in a sense, I never had in a day-to-day setting before. So I feel like I feel like I'm I'm discovering my home country in a way for the very first time. In a in a sense. We uh we have a nature reserve here across the road. I don't know how how everything just became so perfectly magically perfect. If you listen to this show religiously and you're here with me every week, you will remember that summer was just agony because I couldn't find a place to live. We had this little super cute cabin that I fell so in love with. Not super far from here. It's like 45 minutes away or 35 minutes away, maybe. And I was so in love with that cabin. And I was like, it's this or nothing. I couldn't, I couldn't envision anything else. I just was like, that's it. We have to, we have to buy this land and we're going to live here and we're going to build a house here. And then that was impossible. And I felt so I felt so desperate. I felt so sad. I felt like we're never gonna find anything that feels like home here. It's not gonna be the right thing, or it's gonna be too expensive, or it's. I was filled with so much doubt, and then somehow, magically, everything just aligned, and now we're in this, in this little, little house on land I know, like land I've been on before, um, land that's connected to my family's land, land that is adjacent to a nature reserve, which is something I never even knew, right? I used to come to this area to visit my grandpa all the time. And I was not in that vibe at all of wanting to spend time in nature of, you know, I don't think it ever occurred to me visiting Sweden in the wintertime and going like, hey, let's spend a day ice skating. No, (laughs) I was in a I was in a super super different kind of energy. If anything, I would want to go to a yoga studio, or go see friends, or explore the city, or you know, I would want to do something something different. And now, just being here, looking at the world through a different set of eyes, in a sense, being very changed from the inside out, having a different set of priorities. All of a sudden, you know, I stepped outside yesterday and. And I called my grandpa. I was like, hey, what is, because he lived here for so long. He lived, he was basically the neighbor house to where we are for a really long time. And he's super into mushrooms and mushroom picking and walks for miles and miles every day. He's really active. And I'm like, grandpa's going to know, he's going to know what's up with the the woods here because we haven't explored much. We've been outside all day, but we haven't covered any large distances or anything like that. And he was like, yeah, you just like step outside and then right where, right where by the entrance of the road, you know, you take a right and you cross the street and you're just, you just go into the woods. And I'm like, is there a path or a track? Or he's like, no, no, you just, you just go, you just go. <laughs> you might find a track event or like a path eventually. I don't know in the wintertime if you can see it with the snow and everything, but just enjoy, like you can't really get lost, you know. <laughs> which is not true. You can definitely get lost. It's how many acres? It's 100 acres, which is 40 hectares, <laughs> something like that. If I'm getting that right, I know it's 100 acres because I shared it on Instagram and people were like, "Oh, are you? Are you living but next to Winnie the Pooh? Are you in the Hundred Acre Forest? Which is like you know in the Winnie the Pooh the Pooh books." So anyway, so I go out and just walking in the woods. I spent the whole day on my own, just walking through the woods and realizing that I didn't even know there's a nature reserve across the damn road with, okay, 100 acres is not infinite, but it feels infinite. You know, there's no way I could cover that walking in a day. It's just, basically I can step into the woods and just walk and I can just keep walking. And every day I can explore something new. Every day I'm going to find something different about about these woods here. And it was just so magical and such a revelation to be in a, in a space like this where we are in nature in a way that feels so much like home, <laughs> so much like home. And I'm so grateful now that we didn't end up at that other house, the house I really wanted, that little cabin that I thought was it. And, you know, I, I envisioned a whole life there and, and I'm so glad we're not there now because, we're, we would be far away, you know, we would be far away from my grandpa and my brother and my dad, and it would be a different kind of, it would be a different kind of thing. And now I, I was standing in that forest yesterday, feeling so connected, really feeling so connected. Like I was meant to be here with these trees, like the trees right here on this property in this, in these woods across the road and finding these paths, you know, learning to get to know these plants, making this connection with all of these all of these beautiful plant friends, in a sense. And that was meant to happen here, not over there. But back then, you know, in the summer when I felt totally homeless and terrified, I couldn't really see any other opportunity than the one I felt was right there. You know, it was really, yeah, it was really hard for me to, to have faith. And sitting here now, I feel so, just so grateful that we ended up here. And also feeling really privileged in, 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 um, in so many ways that we get to spend this much time outside. I know I could be living a different life in a different circumstance that required me to sit in an office all day or where I had a different job or a different, you know, different circumstance where this wasn't possible, and now after a really hard year, I feel like we are suddenly we're so, so blessed. Spending the whole day <laughs> ice skating on our own ice. I mean, come on. What 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 what's what kind of abundance is that? Is that just possible? And then I get to come home and go into my little tea room and light a candle and pour myself half it's I'm drinking right now, half a cup of coffee half a hot chocolate from the thermoses that we brought to the ice. And um, it's just really perfect.
1: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
0: And I was thinking about that yesterday, just how how much my priorities have changed. You know, that if I if I was the same person I was three years ago, I probably... I probably never would have even wanted to look for a home like this home. This would not even have been on my agenda at all. And even thinking about Dennis, you know, he all year we're talking about moving to Sweden. He really wanted an apartment in the city. He wanted to be close to, to our friends and close to community and And yes, close to cafes and restaurants and things to do and places to be and his bike group that bikes from the center of Stockholm every week and so and so. And I had to really convince him. It was a lot of, it was a lot of conversation between the two of us of, of me feeling like our future, really long term future isn't going to be this in this urban setting. And also there's a lot of other circumstances and factors also like money, getting a house further away, of course, is the close, the closer you go to downtown Stockholm, the more expensive everything is. So out where we are now, we could find something for, you know, five or six times the size um, as something in Stockholm and, and it would be cheaper still, you know, it's just like the city prices are super crazy. We had, we had a lot, there was a lot of pros to being further away in a sense like that. But for him, it really felt like, oh, but maybe maybe we're going to be totally bored, or we're going to feel like we're missing out, or we're going to spend a lot of time driving, like we're commuting every day to do stuff. And it's really all about perspective, right? So if three years ago, I, I would have ended up with a house like this, I might have felt that way. Okay, we're going to have a house so far away, but you know, we can drive every day back and forth and you can still have a life where you're spending time with people in the city and you can still go do all that stuff. You know, if I had those priorities, I probably would have felt like this is a little bit of a wild decision to make because we are very isolated. Like that is really true. We've had a lot of visits over these few weeks. We have friends here now, our our best friends, Patrick and Olivia are here visiting right now. But it's probably because it's new and everyone wants to see our house and no one's seen us in a long time. So everyone wants to say hi. And I don't know if people are going to continue driving all the way out here to visit. You know, we might get a little bit lonely. Um, we might feel a little bit isolated. I don't know what that might, that might come. But right now it just feels like such a luxury to get to walk outside and be in nature versus walking outside and stepping onto concrete. And I think, I think part of that is also, part of that is the pandemic, right? I mean, how many of us decided that we wanted to live a life closer to nature, closer to something that feels more primal and more authentic, thanks to, to all the quiet isolation that we, that we were forced into because of the pandemic? And I'm thinking... I don't know how many people are thinking in, in this way, but I am really thinking about the long term, the long term plan. You know, like where, where do you think that the society is going to be in in three years, in five years, in ten years? For me, right now, the the structure of of the society, the system that we're all living in, regardless of which country we're in, we're all living, we're all living in crazy town right now. To me, it really feels that way. And there are new lockdowns and shutdowns and new things coming, you know, for me, the feeling is it doesn't really matter anymore how how mild the symptoms seem to be of this of this pandemic. It doesn't, I don't think it's going to change, you know, we were talking about that yesterday. If this transitions from a pandemic to an endemic, meaning that it's just permanent, the same way we live with the winter flu, you know. We all know that the winter flu goes around every single season and you can choose to get vaccinated for it or not. In the States, I know that's really common. In Sweden, it's not as common. And a lot of people die from the flu, you know. And I think this newer, milder variant feels a little bit closer to that than the first, you know, couple of months of the peak, the the brand new infection that was, that was COVID in the beginning. But it's really changed now. And the more of us who get it, What if we really transition from pandemic to endemic and it just becomes a part of our day-to-day life? I think even so, I don't think things are going to mellow out. (laughs) It doesn't feel like it. I have a lot of friends in the States now really struggling because now everything is shutting down again. And in Holland, everything is totally shut down again. All the schools are closing again. And it's becoming very, very, very challenging I think doing this the second, third, fourth time around, it's like how much longer can how much longer can we keep kids at home in front of a screen, you know, and now it seems like letting people go back to work, even though they're symptomatic, even though, right? Five days of isolation, then you go back to work because otherwise society can't handle it. Like, it's just, (laughs) I have a lot of thoughts and feelings about this. I want everyone to stay safe. I want this pandemic to go away but it's also right now, like at what cost, you know, how many years are we willing to, to live like this and remaining in, in this kind of structure? I don't, I don't know. I know that I would love to transition to something that feels more natural. I would love to be in a community where we took really great care of each other, Um, I would love to be in something a little bit more traditional versus the conventional, you know, I'm envisioning, (laughs) I don't know if this is possible, but I'm really envisioning an intentional community, a a different, a different way. Like I really think there is a different way to do this life and it doesn't have to be in the same kind of system and in the same kind of structure that we've been in for so long. I don't really feel like I fit into that anymore. And I wouldn't have felt that way if it wasn't for the pandemic. So I'm also grateful for that. And of course, you know, we are all healthy and I have my set of views from my, the lens I'm sitting here with, but I think that we're going to get to a place where it's not going to be sustainable to keep this up, right? Can you guys imagine, I mean, can you imagine five years from now, we're still doing this shit? A couple of years from now, we're still doing these lockdowns. We're still... I, I I don't know, I don't know. I think so many of us are yearning for a quieter, a quieter life where we are more held and this kind of life doesn't make sense for a lot of people anymore. So what would what would a dream scenario look like when it comes to creating something new or at least beginning that dream of something new? right what would it look like to to be more in touch with nature to be more in touch with the food that we eat to be more in touch with the water that we're drinking to live a life that's more circular you know that's more in touch that's more a part of an ecosystem versus something that is just taking from and exploiting the earth i'm really interested in that and i'm interested in that from the standpoint of just our little family like living here the way we are how self-sustaining can we be on a, on this plot of land? Like I would love to explore that. And if possible, you know, how many people can we invite into a community that would fit into the space somehow? You know, can I grow enough food to have food for a larger community, not just for us? Knowing that there are people who who have needs not far away from where we are. I don't know. I think it would be... I think I think there are a lot of innovative creative people wanting to be of surface all around and we are getting to a place of of people beginning to look at look at something different what if we came together and we and we and we made something like that happen I don't know I'm just <laughs> I'm just brainstorming out loud here but feeling this very yeah, feeling a massive sense of gratitude being in a space where you can't really feel the effects of the lockdowns out here. And of course it's also because my kid isn't in school yet. You know, there's a lot of lot of different reasons why why I can sit here feeling this comfortable, but also feeling this sense of wanting to be of, of service, of wanting to help, of you know, that many people working day in, day out to put food on the table for their kids that don't have the choice right to keep kids at home again you know what do you do how are you going to get to work if that doesn't if if you can't send your kid to school anymore like how can how can i be of service to those single moms and dads for instance who live not not far from here what would it look like if we if we did something different i don't know i want to hear your input i kind of wish we were (laughs) i kind of wish we were sitting in circle or sitting around a fire now talking about this and not not just me here alone When I first left Sweden, which was so very long ago, 14 years ago, I spent some time at an intentional community in in Costa Rica that was completely self-sustaining, where they grew all their own food, and they had all their own fresh water from a spring, and I think it was 40 people or so, maybe eight or nine kids, and they had their own school. And everyone had their own chore, you know, their own area of of work within the community, whether that was growing the food or tending to the land or building the structures that were needed or cooking the food. And everyone had different areas that were, you know, of strengths where they were applying what they were really good at. And I love, I mean, I love the idea of this, just the heart of that, of 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 approaching life in that way you know we weren't really ever meant to be doing this alone and i think right now like working these crazy weeks for very little which is what so much of this world looks like to try to feed your family and then the food that you get to feed your family isn't even food that's that's from the area we live in right or it's fast food or it's food from a box or it's something that that doesn't nourish us the way food actually is supposed to nourish us, right? And what if we came together and we started these little circular communities instead where we all did what we were really good at and it was about helping each other and coming together and really supporting each other in a really organic way. It doesn't, right? It takes a village, right? We're not supposed to be these these little bubbles not talking to each other thinking that if i struggle i struggle alone there's no one to ask for help whereas in community life looks really 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 different and especially after this pandemic where we have been more separated and more isolated from each other than ever before there is this longing in all of our hearts right now to come together <laughs> and i don't even know i don't even know if it's possible here i know in sweden homeschooling isn't allowed I have to do more research here because I don't get it, but so many people have told me that actually homeschooling just, it's not, it's not, I don't know if it's not legal, it's just not an option here. You have to go to school, you have to send your kids to school. I guess you could start your own school, but it it would have to be a school structure. It can't be just you teaching your own kid at home, which was always my backup plan. (laughs) If I didn't find a school or a system that, where I felt my daughter fits really well and that aligns with how I want her to, to grow up. It's like, okay, well, I'll, I'll homeschool her then. But then here, if I can't do that, then, then what? Like, what's the next? What option do you have? You know, I dream of starting an earth school or something really, really different. But for now, she's going to go to a Waldorf school. I'm really excited about it. I don't, you know, she hasn't started yet, so I can't vouch for it or, or anything like that. But what I know about Waldorf, it feels like an option that I hope is going to feel really good just body mind and soul but time will tell so anyway if you're in the if you're if you're in the general Sweden Stockholm whatever area and you have a badass idea for a different kind of societal structure and uh, you want a yoga teacher slash podcaster to to join your little circle, hit me up because I am so open to, to ideas and to something different. I would love to be part of creating and starting something different. Let's see. Let's see where we end up.
1: Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master new skill.
0: The sun has been setting since I started recording this show. You know, the sunsets here are just super slow and they color the sky all kinds of magical. <laughs> like right now it's it's bright blue and it's fading into this yellow green and then orange and red. And then I see the tree line and then the lake. And it's just it's just so very beautiful. And I think for this journey here, I just have to take one step at a time. Right, it's just like gardening, <laughs> which I am thinking about so much. I being self sustaining, you know, in Sweden, I think is really challenging. Not, I mean, not as challenging as it sounds, but just because the limitations of it being really cold half of the year, you know, you can't grow all year round. The, the growing season is fairly short, but there is lots of things you can do to extend the season and things like that. But of course, my idea now is like I am gonna, I am gonna start the biggest garden ever. Right, I'm gonna grow every single vegetable I can. I'm gonna, I'm gonna create this huge space here somewhere next to the house, and and then maybe I'll get a greenhouse and we'll do that. And then we have all these apple trees here and these these big plants that I have. And if I did that my first time, right? I've never grown, I've never had a garden in Sweden. I've never grown anything in Sweden my whole life. If I did that my first season, right? I would fail. I mean, I know it. It would be. I would be super overwhelmed. It would become more than a full-time job. I wouldn't I would end up with not enough time to sustain it and I don't have the knowledge yet, you know. And probably it would be just a just a shit show. <laughs> so the way, you know, the way to garden is to start small. Right? Maybe build a couple of boxes or, you know, have like a little delineated space where I start and I pick a few vegetables and fruits or berries that I really want to grow and I start there and then I learn right I learn by trial and error and I learn by doing and then come next season I'll know more and I can extend it and then it can grow organically in that sense and I think anytime we start thinking about doing something new you know little by little is the way to go It's just not how I like to do things. You know, I was even telling Dennis, I'm like, what if we, we take this whole land, (laughs) we start an intentional community, you know, we, we, we find super badass cool people that don't want to do society anymore. That is just super sick of everything. (laughs) And, you know, we, 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 we find bigger pieces of land that we can somehow, like we need an investor. We need a bunch of stuff like for this to work. But what if everyone came together, living on the same land, supporting the community in different ways, right? So like you have a little bakery over here, you have all the vegetable and the land and the plots over here, and you have a little earth school over here, and everyone can just like, what if we didn't even need any money, just bartered stuff? (laughs) I'm like, Dennis, how much, how many families, do you think we could fit? How much space do we need to to fit like a hundred families together? (laughs) He was like, shouldn't you focus on like just growing some tomatoes maybe? (laughs) Like do one thing. You don't even know if you can do that. Like you have no idea what you're doing. You just moved here. You're just figuring out how you belong. Like you're just learning the way, literally the lay of the land I'm figuring out right now how about we do one thing at a time you know and you let things grow and i and i know i know he's right i know he's right but i'm still i'm still looking at <laughs> i'm still looking to see what what size garden what size garden can i grow for the first season how much produce can i really grow and then take care of like how much can i pickle and can and freeze and and dehydrate and dry and just to see what would it be like to go all in and then try to really live off of what you grow yourself. And here you can't you I mean it's not like I can grow rice, right? It's not like <laughs> there's going to be a lot of stuff that it's not like I can grow a mango in Sweden, right? So it's either making that transition to be very seasonal and very local and just eat what the land offers you now right which is the way to go i think which is the way my ancestors lived here there's even um what do you call it here it's like a cold cellar it's like a it's basically like a like a cellar like a basement like a, it's a hole in the earth a cave pretty much dug into the into the earth that's always cold it's always cool and that's where you traditionally store all of your potatoes and your onions and it's like your storage for the summertime and for the whole for the whole year. So things don't go bad. It was like the fridge back in the day, right? Just kept kept cool by the rock and by by the soil and by the earth. And there is one of those here on the land. And I'm just thinking like maybe we go back to this very traditional kind of living and and just forage our own food and and we do, we see what we can do. And I'm laughing now because I know you're listening to this and you're like, okay, yeah, sure. Sure. Little miss ice skater (laughs) wanting to be self-sustaining has been in Sweden for five minutes, never grown anything ever. Like good luck. And yeah, I'm, I'm being, I'm like, I'm not cynical, but I have some distance to to, to to my ability to pull things off too. But this is where my heart is. This is where my thoughts are. It's where my mind is at right now. It's what, the direction I want to move in life. Definitely, definitely. And uh, of course, it's what this path is, what's inspired the home course that we're doing, our seven-week course of of the emotional component to this, which of course involves all of this, like food and safety and the structure that we live in and community like all of that is is in a sense the next step of everything that we're going to do in the course the course is very healing based it's very ritual and ceremony based it's very emotional in that sense and i think we have to start there so that we can create really badass dreams and get really clear on the life that we want and then we can take action and it doesn't have to be the same for everyone not everyone wants to live in the country not everyone wants to be self-sustaining not everyone wants to live that life, a lot of people want to live the urban city life where you have all these amazing opportunities and things to do and exciting stuff, but we want to still feel close to ourselves. We want to still feel close to mother nature. And all of that is possible, right? We don't have to, we don't have to live in that intentional community, (laughs) like living a life without electricity or the internet. To, to be close to nature and to be close to our own nature. The, the real challenge is, is finding that in the way we're living now. And um, this is me taking my first steps toward that. Um, feeling really, <laughs> I feel right now, just having had these couple of days of just so many nature blessings, I feel like everything is possible. I have this feeling like, what if we could change the world a bit? <laughs> what if what if we just start over? Okay, we we start society over and we do we we do it differently this time around. You know, how did we do it? Think of how we did it before the industrial revolution, like how we lived then. And let's not talk about the plagues and, you know, <laughs> child mortality and not living a long life, like we have a lot of amazing, badass, cool stuff that we could not do without, but what if we could peel away the things that aren't serving us and the things that aren't serving this earth and we went back to something more connected to the earth while still enjoying modern medicine and still enjoying the internet and still enjoying technology and all the advancements that have happened in all of these ways, but at the same time, we don't lose sight of where we came from. You know, there is that balance there. And the way we are heading, I think, is a direction so many of us don't want to go. So what would it be like to, to go back to something primal and traditional and close to earth while also enjoying the bounty and the abundance and the beauty that technology and, and modern society can bring? right? There's a cool way to live there. There's a cool balance found somewhere there. And I think so many of us are just looking for that, that sweet spot. So, um, if you have ideas, you can email me. (laughs) We can take this from the podcast to a conversation. You can write me at rachel at yogagirl.com. I actually had some people write me about earth schools. I had some people, I know I've spoken about this on the show before, just wanting something a little bit different, Um, and I know I'm not alone in that. And I guess having the conversation is the first step. So for now, I am going to go make some more hot chocolate, cuddle my daughter, make dinner for my friends. And, uh, tomorrow morning, I'm going to wake up in the morning and I'm going to go ice skating again because that's the kind of person I am now. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> How fucking cool is that? We get to grow and evolve and change and become different versions of ourselves. And 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 it's kind of amazing. It really is. I hope wherever you are at now, whether you are in a similar space as me, feeling closer to a dream, living a version of a dream, having actually taken some true material, physical steps to change something in your life and now you're in that space of of feeling things moving and shifting for you or if for you these dreams are still very abstract or they're just lingering in your heart and you haven't seen the outer life or your outer circumstance change yet wherever you are I hope you feel that everything is possible because that's something that's so important I hope you feel supported enough and supported enough I mean Divinely supported. I mean, emotionally supported. I mean, financially supported, supported in every way that at least you feel the possibility and opportunity for the life that you really want to come your way because it is. And there's going to be times where there's going to be times where we feel like that's far away. And that's when it's up to the folks who have a lot of privilege and a lot of things coming their way to, to be of service, right? So that we can offer that to people who aren't in the same place. And wherever you are, I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope that this week you get to make a beautiful connection with this earth that you spend time outside and that you feel like your dreams are really possible because they are, they are, even if you can't see them, right? Even if they feel far away, even if you don't know exactly how, keep your eye on the ball. (laughs) Keep your heart open and stay with mother nature. She's going to take you exactly where you're supposed to be. I love you so much. Thank you for listening to my ecstatic ice skating rambling today. I I, I love you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I'll be back next week. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoy the show, make sure you listen, rate, review, and follow all episodes of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart, available now for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, and wherever you normally get your shows. Of course, thanks to my sponsors. Make sure you support them the way they support this podcast. This has been a presentation of Cadence 13 Studio, and I'll see you next week. Remember your true nature. Return to the land come home. Join me on Spring Equinox, March 20th, as we embark on a journey home together. Home is our first online course at Yoga Girl, led live by me. In this course, you'll get seven weeks worth of healing practices, weekly live integration sessions, sacred nature rituals and guided meditations, plenty of astrological insight, movement practices and reflective journaling prompts, loving support from Team Yoga Girl and your own sharing circle and much more. Tend to the land, tend to your heart and learn how to intricately align your life with Mother Nature so that you can live in harmony with yourself and with the world around you. It's time to come home. Enrollment is open now. Visit yogagirl.com slash home course to join me. That's yogagirl.com slash home course. Limited spots are available. See you there.